Welcome to the Vitrous Podcast, where we help women and families achieve their best health, body, and soul. Here are your hosts, Lisa Marina and Aaron Hazelbaker. Hello and welcome to the Victor's Podcast. My name is Lisa Marino. I'm a physical therapist and my co-host Erin is busy out seeing patients right now herself during this pandemic. So we pray for her and for all the patients. Today we have such an exciting topic for you today on sports and identity. And our guest is Sister Xavier. She was quite an impressive athlete to say the least and I'll share her story. But I just want to invite you to include your kids or any, you know, family members that are interested in sports to listen in because it's going to be a very appropriate topic and one that's um, they would enjoy, I think, as well. Just listening to her talk about um, Big Ten athletics and, and playing college basketball and winning state champions championships, excuse me. And, and you wouldn't think it would be something that would be so relevant and pertinent right now with the COVID pandemic, but think about how much of our lives, um, not only as parents, but also as kids have been, you know, up in the air uh, surrounding sports. And and for good reasons and for bad reasons, I mean, very much has made us realize maybe how much we were attached to them, attached to our sporting events, but also, you know, the importance of the discipline of it and the hard work that carries over um, into a virtuous life. So um, Sister's going to get into all that. So, I, again, I want to invite you to um, bring your kids in um, to listen to it if you think they'd be open to it. And then on that note, if you do have a child that is struggling, you know, whether or not with um, injuries and, and illness um, or struggling, you know, with anxiety or stress because of uh, the turmoil right now, please don't hesitate to reach out to Aaron and myself um, for guidance, um, possibly for treatment in this, in this area. You can reach us at victorishealth.com. So let's bring on Sister. Thank you so much for being here today, Sister. Thanks for having me. Sister Xavier is a graduate of Anna High School, and she at one point had six records in track at one time. She was a individual state champion in track and cross country, and she went on to play Division I basketball at The Ohio State University, where she had three Big Ten championships, as well as two Sweet 16 appearances. Um, was that a dream for you to come true? Oh, yeah. Um, it was actually funny because my dream was UConn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I never wanted to go to Ohio State because everyone was Ohio State fans. But, but then it was closest to home, and I didn't want to leave home. So I ended up going, and, yeah, it was it was amazing. It was a good time. Oh, for sure. Big Ten volleyball was my dream, and actually Stanford would have been my, my <laughs> dream. <laughs> school. They were like the UConn of volleyball at the right. time. Anyway, so um, – so sister, quite an athlete to say the least. And tell me about that. Did, did you think much on that? Was it, was it truly your focus, you know, as athletics or was your mind on God at that point? <laughs> at that point, no. <laughs> um, I would say I didn't really, well, God was always in the picture in my life because we, we grew up Catholic and we always went to mass. Um, but that was pretty much it. You know, we prayed before meals and, and every now and then we would, would, maybe pray a rosary or something but that was you know rosaries were actually my punishment whenever I got in trouble <laughs> which my mom doesn't remember doing but I clearly remember being sent to my room and told to pray the rosary <laughs> like okay I always did it but <laughs> it never left a bad taste in my mouth either thankfully but um but yeah at some point in my high school 
running career, I started wearing the scapular because I, I had seen other people who wore it and I just thought it was like kind of a cool thing. Um, so I started wearing the scapular, but I learned like if you wear the scapular, you also got to pray the rosary. So then I started praying the rosary every day. And, and at that point, it wasn't like I had like a really strong prayer life, you know, but but it was something to, to start with. And and at one point, um, whenever I was a sophomore in high school, by that point, I had already won the state. And I was like, my head was just growing and growing, you know, it's like, <laughs> I'm amazing. <laughs> um, well, then I tore my ACL. Um, and it was like the first time in, in, I don't know, years and years, my, my whole life, like I just like played sports, you know, that was what I did, like all the time year round, like that was my life. And that was truly, that was my focus. You know, I wanted to be a professional basketball player. I wanted to, to be famous, you know, like that was, that was my focus. And then whenever I tore my ACL, I could breathe you know, and for the first time in my life, like, I had that chance to just, like, be a kid <laughs> as a sophomore in high school, and my mom later, she never said anything at the point in time, but, but she said, yeah, that was when you changed, like, that was your moment of conversion when you, you tore your ACL. I didn't realize it at the time, but um, two months later, I was confirmed, and when I was confirmed, all I knew is that I was going to get some oil smeared on my head and then I couldn't wipe it off. Yeah. <laughs> and that was about it. Like, unfortunately, I didn't really take my faith that seriously at that point. But a few months after I was confirmed, I was laying in bed one night and I was thinking about my grandmother. And my grandmother died whenever I was seven, but she was my best friend. And like, of all the people I've ever met, I've never felt so loved as by my grandmother. Mm. And when I was laying in bed that night, I was thinking about her and I thought, I believe she's in heaven. And if she's in heaven, she can see everything I'm doing. And she knows how selfish I am. She knows, like, she knows everything. And I just started bawling. Like, I was just, like, weeping in my bed. And I was like, I'm going to change for my grandma. You know, like, I'm going to start being a better person for her. And at that point, I wasn't really thinking about God. But it was totally his grace that was breaking yeah. through, you know. And from that point on, like, I changed some things in my life. I started just to try to live a better life morally. And slowly but surely the the lord started chipping away too at my heart and and i started praying more and more and then i got to be a senior and i met colleen tevy and she's like you know a super holy woman and i had never met someone who was so peaceful and so joyful all the time <laughs> i was like wow like she has something that i do not have you know because my whole life was very frustrating like i was always trying to be the best and i was the best but there was always um, um, another level that I was seeking, you know, and whenever you set your standards, like, to the moon, and you don't have a rocket ship, it's like, you're always frustrated, you know what I mean, so I was always frustrated, and actually, the first time that I went to church by myself, without my parents, like, just, like, to go there to pray, was after I lost a basketball game, like, I was mm. so frustrated, and I needed, I needed a place of refuge, you know, and I needed, I needed peace that I knew I didn't have, and I ended up going to the church, because I knew and that's where I could find a refuge. Even at that point, even though I didn't know that Jesus is there in the Eucharist, like I knew there was something there that I, I wanted desperately and I didn't have, you know? But then I met Colleen and she well, gave us all. Let me just backtrack yes. a minute. Like how many seeds were planted in your life mm -hmm. that like, you know, I just say this because, you know, sometimes we can look at family members or even ourselves and like, you know, just get frustrated or, mm -hmm. or you know, kind of despair a little bit about way maybe the direction that our life is going or maybe our kids life's going but even just the scapular even mm -hmm. just the rosary even just you know um having you know your grandma to look to for an example like right. how profound that is mm -hmm. that you know she probably didn't know 
that she was going to have that kind of impact. Right. And, and, you know, obviously everything comes from God and the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit, but like you were looking to her for that example and because she right. set that standard, yeah. you know, um, of living a holy life and, and to be about that, that it made such an impact on you. So I think just, you know, the example and the witness of, of others in our lives and that mm-hmm. you never know when that point is going to come, but oh, yeah. the, the power of that, um, and then I've got to, you know, your injury, I just have to, you know, I know you, it seems like such an awful and devastating mm-hmm. thing. And it, and it is, you never want that for anybody to happen, but they always bring about good. And this mm-hmm. is like, you know, the thing that I see the most probably in my work as a physical therapist is, you know, we all want the healing to go away. And, and why did this happen? And I'm so frustrated or angry mm-hmm. at God. Well, he's bringing you to something greater, right. you know, like, yeah our lives are either focused or in a direction that he's got to say, hold on, stop a minute. Mm-hmm. And look, I want you to open your eyes a minute, oh, yeah. you know, and, and look mm-hmm. at what that's done for you. So I just say that yeah. for anybody that's, that's suffering or struggling to be like, okay, God, this is an opportunity. And, and mm-hmm. what is he trying to draw out of you to, to grow closer and a means of, of conversion? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we get that from the saints. So, right. right. I mean, they knew that suffering was a means of launching, mm-hmm right? Their faith life. And, um, and so it should be, and we, we need to work on it, you know, a little bit, but we got to look at, at those, those moments of injury, um, and, and realize that God is looking after our spiritual welfare, Mm -hmm. welfare more than he's looking after, you know, our physical welfare first, you know, he wants us ultimately to be saints Mm -hmm. first. Right. Um, so just to bring light to that and, um, yeah, it's not easy. It's a long road, isn't oh, it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very long road. <laughs> and because we're, we're body and soul, like our bodies have vices, you know, and, and that really affects our, our soul and our soul should be the most, like the, the motivator of our body, you know, but, but because we have so many vices, a lot of times in our actual bodies, you know, like, you know, even like we have muscle memory and, and that like, that's amazing to me. I, I think it's so cool. <laughs> but it's like the way that we are physical people, but also spiritual people, a lot of times we forget the spiritual part, but that's what should be powering our physical part, you know? And I know as an athlete, whenever I was in the state of mortal sin, I played terrible. Like mm. it, it was like, it's a very, um, for me, it was very poignant, you know? And, and part of it was, was part of it was superstition for me. And obviously we have to avoid that. Right. But I could physically feel the difference whenever sure. I was in the state of grace or whenever I was in the state of mortal sin and and that's like it speaks volumes you mm, know like yeah. how connected our souls and our bodies are it's pretty amazing and and I mean truly to the message there I feel like you know for our athletes is I don't think anybody even considered that I wish I would have considered that you know what I mean and <laughs> right. in high school and in college you know to think that way about my performance whether it's at work or whether it's mm-hmm. you know schoolwork or you know, in athletics mm-hmm. to consider that. I mean, I think we need to hear that. Are we examining our conscience every day? Right. You know, um, we do certainly in sports, you, right. you are going to know you missed five free throws and you missed, you know what I mean? Right. Do we ever think of our, our spiritual life or our mm-hmm. sins that way, you know, right. in the day to, to really reflect and, um, but that discipline, mm-hmm. you know, that we put into sports, you know, like you've mentioned that the me- muscle memory, our souls are the same way, you know what I yeah, mean? Like yeah. we condition and we practice and we work and we work and we work, mm-hmm. you know, um, how profound that is, you know, when you think about the spiritual life and, and, you know, we'll get into this a little bit, but that's the way that your prayer life is ordered mm-hmm. now, correct? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's very, I mean, prayer is not just, you don't just have to show up, but like 50% of the battle is you have to show up, you know, if you don't put prayer time into your schedule, 
you're not going to pray, yeah. <laughs> you know? So like a huge part of it is making that time and praise the Lord, we have an order of the day. So I don't have to like put a tremendous effort into to making time for it because it's already there for me. But like personal prayer outside of community prayer, like I do have to make time for that, you know, to just waste time with Jesus. Because if we don't do that, like, and he's not the center of, of everything, you know, then it, it does become really hard. But, but yeah, it's all about virtues and, and getting those good habits. Absolutely. So you saw that in Colleen. Mm -hmm. Yes, I saw that she had something that I did not have. <laughs> but she gave us a book. And this book was called um, Arms of Love. Have you heard of that? No. No. It's a I'll wonderful to, we'll book. share it on okay. the it, it's yeah, I mean it changed my life. So I wasn't gonna read it. Because <laughs> I'm a pretty stubborn person. And I was like, whatever, like whatever. But she gave one to each person in our in our in our grade. So I was like, I don't know, like 50 kids or whatever. And all of my classmates were reading it. And they were all like, This is really cool. It's a really <laughs> good book. I'm like, all right, whatever. Like, I'm gonna read it because I don't want to be the only one that didn't read it, you know. So I started reading. And it's just about this family in Canada who just lived a normal life, but they were trying to be saints. And for the first time, I was like, wow, like people actually live like trying to seek holiness. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I was like, that's like cool. Yeah. Like, and I can do that. If they can do it, I can do it. You know, so it was like a, a competition thing for me too. Like, well, shoot. <laughs> it's if all they a can competition. Do it. <laughs> yeah. So I just started like doing what I could and, and just like praying more like litanies or like whatever, you know, I just started praying more. And then around the same time, I became really good friends with a Methodist. And I was like, well, I'm pretty sure I'm right. So I should probably try to convert her. <laughs> so, so it was just like, I just started talking to her about the faith and like, she was a very good Christian, you know? So it wasn't like she was just some random person. She was like very involved in her faith. And so we would have these discussions, more like arguments sometimes. And it was just like, we'd go back and forth. And, and eventually like, we came to, to an understanding. She's Catholic now, but <laughs> praise there the you Lord. Go, yeah. that, it took a, a long time, but, um, but eventually like, like she, she went to adoration and that was what really wow. changed her life, you know? And, and actually I, I, I was thinking in my mind, if she goes to hundred to adoration, at least a hundred times, she's going to be Catholic because there's no way you can go see Jesus without, without him working on your heart, you know? And before she reached a hundred, she became Catholic. Wow. Yeah, I was like, it was really cool. Um, but anyways, through our discussions, I came to figure out that I really had no idea about my faith. Like, I, I didn't know hardly anything about the Catholic faith. But as I would seek the answers to her questions, I just fell in love with the faith. Like, it was like, mm. wow, like, there's so much, like, there's a, a depth to our faith that, like, I can never, I can never reach the end, yeah. you know? And it, it was just like, it blew me away. Um, and, and yeah, I just fell in love but still, at that point, I didn't know that Jesus was there in the Eucharist. Mm. Like, I knew Mass was special, but I didn't know why, you know? Like, my family always made it very clear. Like, we go to Mass every Sunday. We don't miss Mass for anything, you know? So, so I knew it was special, but I didn't know why. But when I got to college, um, I, will, I started going to Mass more because college sports are hard. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. And there was tons of stress, tons of stress. So I started... Well, you could uh, almost think of it, if I can interrupt you, like, mm -hmm. you can almost think of it like you know, just those little bit of bits of exposure, whether at mass or at adoration or, or whatever, you know, then the opposite can be true. Maybe I'm kind of like, you know, this is a little foreshadowing, but at least how it was in my life is like, then if you expose yourself in the opposite direction mm -hmm. of other places or other, you know, bad influences mm -hmm. or bad, you know, friends that are keeping you away from that, right. then you, you know, are more likely to follow down that oh, path. Yeah. But I think just the importance of like, 
those little bits of exposure and all of mm -hmm. that just kept drawing you in yeah more yeah. and more is that would you say that's oh yeah, yeah totally yeah whenever I look at my life I think I'm a miracle <laughs> you know because I mean there's a lot of points in my life where where had I not chosen like I know the truth even though like my whole surroundings are telling me lies like but I know the truth and had I not been so grounded that the Catholic faith is true and, and what the church says is the, the truth had I not been so grounded in that praise the Lord my parents taught me that Mm -hmm. had I not been grounded in that like I would be on the road to hell you know what I mean it's mm -hmm. like it, and it's so like um like tangible for me like there was one point in my life I looked back and I was at mass and I, I just like saw Mary's hand in like so many so many moments in my life and I'm like wow like my mother in heaven saved me you know and like it makes me want to cry <laughs> because because it's like it's so it's so real like yeah, it's a battle for our lives and we have a whole a whole team in heaven you know that that's fighting for us but so, so many times we get caught up in the, the physical and we don't realize like there is a truth. And as Catholics, we have the fullness of the truth, you know, and, and we can understand the truth. We can reach the truth and we can live the truth. You know, like we don't have to, to fall into all these lies that, that society tells us, you know, and, Amen. and that is a wonderful gift. You know? And I would say maybe that's one of the first lies was that it's, it's not real or right. it doesn't matter. Or we just do this right. because yeah. we're told yeah. to, you know, yeah. I don't, what were some of those lies you feel like that were? Well, definitely relativism. I mean, relativism was like everywhere, especially on my team in, in college. It was like, you know, your feelings, they, they guide your life. You know, if, if you love a woman, like you are free to love that woman. You know, there was a lot of lesbians so basically on my team. do whatever you want to do. Exactly. Yeah. And it was like, those are your beliefs. That's fine. But like, we have our beliefs, like those are fine too. You know, it was very relativistic, like totally. And you know, in the college atmosphere, especially in, in, in that level of, of a team, that really becomes your family, yeah. you know, because like you spend time on the road, like some weeks we would be in three different states, you know, playing in, in three different states and, and you have a day of travel and then you're there. So it's like, I don't know how I really studied in college, <laughs> but it was, it was like, that becomes your family. And whenever people you love are telling you all these lies, it's really hard to to be able to distinguish the truth but but i am so grateful for my parents because my parents instilled in me from day one the catholic church is, is is true you know like what the church teaches is is the truth and had i not been so grounded in that like i don't know where i'd be honestly because because it can be really confusing you know oh absolutely yeah i can totally relate to that like you said and it's challenging because you are family and these are your best friends right. and and you know you want to be that voice of truth but right. um, yeah so you guys are on the road a lot where was your faith at then i mean you're able to distinguish okay this is true this is not true right. where was your faith at well then? for me i'm a very principled person so if i believe something i'm going to try to live according to that belief you know and i think that's good right mm -hmm. um so i whenever i was a, a freshman I, I started going to mass more and more. And I remember having a conversation with one of the seniors on the team. And I said, well, do you all get to go to mass on the road? Like, do you get to go to church? Cause she was Catholic also. And she's like, no, normally we don't go. I was like, I can't do that. Like I have to go to mass yeah. every Sunday. And she's like, well, you got to talk to coach. Cause <laughs> I don't know if that's going to work. And I said, well, if that doesn't work, I'm going to quit. And I never actually talked to my coach about it. But there was an understanding between us that I would go to mass. And sometimes he actually cut shoot around short for me 
and would drop me off at the church on the bus. Like, like he was great about that. Like he knew that, that I would go to mass. And a lot of times, like one time in Chicago, I don't know if my mom knows <laughs> about all of this, but, but one time in Chicago, I walked maybe like, I don't know, it was like two or three miles to go to mass, but like in the dark through like, not the best of places. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever um, it takes. Right? right, exactly. But through that, like having the fight to get to go to mass, like like learning how to take a taxi. Like here I am, like a yeah. little little kid from the country, never been in a taxi before. They're super expensive. <laughs> hey, but if you were to die that way, that'd be pretty awesome. I know, right? Story. I'll do whatever it takes to get to mass <laughs> right. on the road. Yeah. But but just like through that, my faith like really grew, you know? And whenever we sacrifice for the Lord, like he totally blesses us. And my love and devotion for the Eucharist just grew and grew and grew until the point that like I became like addicted to being in adoration and to going to mass, like, you know, one addiction that is okay, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, yeah. And some days I would spend like three, four hours in adoration. And it was just like, that was my refuge. That was where I found peace. And that was where I found truth. And that was, that was where, I mean, Jesus was waiting for me, you know? So, so through, through having to fight for my faith, I actually, I grew and grew and grew. And a lot of people, whenever, for example, when I went to Steubenville, for graduate school as a sister, a lot of people were shocked when I said I went to Ohio State and found Jesus. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of people don't have that experience. They go to Ohio State or other state schools and they lose their faith. But for me, it was the exact opposite. Like, I really fell in love with Jesus in school. And yeah, I praise the Lord for that. For well, that's just another huge similarity here, because I was at Ohio State in grad school when everything kind of changed for mm -hmm. me. And it was, I started praying the rosary after a week is when I met my husband. And being in Columbus, you could go to mass almost any time of day, any, awesome. you know, you could get anywhere, you know, in 10 minutes or 15 mm -hmm. minutes and go, you know, there was mm -hmm. really no excuse for me not to go. And right. then when, when you know it's available, it's, you know, mm -hmm. hard not to. Now, maybe a few times before class, I might've fallen asleep, like <laughs> 7 a.m. mass. I'm mm -hmm. like, oh my God, yep. <laughs> you know, that was so early. But mm -hmm. anyway, just, you know, I can totally relate to that. Mm -hmm. um, and so you were mentioning, you know, going to mass and you stepped out in faith, mm -hmm. you know, you stepped out and made that effort and that God blessed that effort mm -hmm. and he saw that. Um, but I, and I think the important thing there is that you do at some point have to make that conscious choice. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of it seemed like you said was so instilled, mm -hmm. you know, that it was almost, you couldn't not do right. it, you know, yeah. but there certainly comes a time where you have to have that courage. I would oh, yeah. say to step up and be like, no, this is, this is important to me, you know, right. yeah. um, I was very, very fortunate to have uh, a coach, um, Carolyn Connett, that is that is Catholic, and made sure mm -hmm. that those of us that were Catholic that we could mm -hmm. get to mass because she was going to get to mass. Mm -hmm. So that's great. And that was my mom seeing that, recognizing that mm -hmm. I want you to go play for Coach Connett because mm -hmm. that's what mattered to her. You know, to her. So mm -hmm. again, all those people in our lives that are doing that. So keep praying, moms. Keep praying, yeah. grandmas. Oh, yeah. Keep praying. You know, like <laughs> yeah. we're gonna figure it out eventually. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, Okay, so you, you're on the road a lot. Did you have games on Sundays? Mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember what your schedule would have been we like. We did. Actually, the main day that we had games was Sundays, yeah. um, which wasn't really my favorite. Um, but Saturday was yeah. for the boys, so. Right, exactly, <laughs> yeah. But there was, like you said, Columbus is like, there's mass times all throughout the day. And Ohio State also has the, the evening mass at 9. Um, but uh, my chain, no, I don't know. But anyways, it was like, there was always an opportunity to go to mass. Like the Lord like totally provided for that, whether I had to wake up really early or not. Yeah. I, I don't know, but it was, yeah, it was, yeah, there was always time. And it, I think the challenge for me, I love challenges. And I think the challenge of living my faith 
in in the face of, of adversity, you know, in the face of those challenges, it was like, it really solidified my faith even more, you know, it, mm -hmm. it made me feel like I'm finally like living my faith, you know? Sure. And I just kind of want to speak to that, like you're you know, talking about being, you know, so motivated and, 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 you know, driven by challenge and by competition and stuff. And to a certain extent that can be unhealthy. Right. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I almost feel like there's this, there's this generation gap of like, we've kind of lost that a little mm -hmm. bit to be truly motivated. You know, mm -hmm. I, I don't know if it's just that, you know, we've kind of lost, well, this is what my life is going to be like. And um, right. you know what I mean? But, and maybe mm -hmm. it comes back to like a purpose, like, mm -hmm maybe you, you know, would agree. I don't know that it's like, I knew that I was going to be great at something. And that was, you know, mm -hmm. unfortunately it was, it was being driven by what I thought I was going to be great at. And <laughs> it was for me only, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. but when it's for yeah. the Lord and it's for a different purpose, mm -hmm. wow, that is where that peace oh, yeah. comes from and yeah. where, you know, your standards are not set by the world, mm -hmm. but they're set by God. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. totally. Totally. And actually, in my life, I was always seeking greatness, like always, because I knew it was obtainable, you know, right. like, like for me, it wasn't a question of, of whether or not I could, it was how, you know, right. like, how am I going to be great? And at first I thought it was going to be sports, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but the Lord, like he knew that I was so stubborn that he had to, to, to show me more concretely, you know, so there comes the injuries, you know, and, and those chances to, to finally like look at my life, but praise the Lord that that happened, you know. But whenever I was um, a postulant in the community, so that's the first year of religious life, at one point we were in mass and it was almost the point to go up for communion. And I just had this moment where it's like, I'm about to receive everything I've been seeking my whole life. You know, it was like one of those overwhelming moments where it's like, oh my gosh, like I have everything that I want, you know? And it was like, he's right there waiting for me. And I've been seeking him my entire life. And I've got him, you know, it was just like one of those moments where it's like, our faith is so cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just like, yeah. wow. Like, yeah, but it was one of those moments too, where it's like, why did I waste so much time seeking him where I cannot find him? You know what I mean? But, mm -hmm. but I've learned a lot from those moments though, too, you know, like all things work for our good. Mm -hmm. Romans eight twenty eight. everything works for our good. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I've sought greatness and praise the Lord, I believed it was obtainable because I think that's really what led me to the convent eventually too. You know what I mean? So, but yeah. That's wonderful. So, so yeah, so you, you went through school and um, college and, um, you know, you guys did great. You had an awesome career. So many of these, you know, wonderful experiences and things. When did you start to discern your vocation? Um, my freshman year in college, I read a book called Come Be My Light, um, Mother Teresa's Personal Writings. And whenever I read that, it was, you know, it comes back to competition again for me. <laughs> and, you know, as athletes, we like to imitate the, the athletes who are, are awesome. You know what I mean? So, so whenever I read that book, I was like, wow, like, I want to do exactly what she did. Like, I want to be a sister and I want to be a missionary. And it was like, I like felt it in the depths of my soul. Like, I want to do that. It was like, it was more than just like, that's really cool. It's like, wow, like, that's amazing. You know, like, yeah. that's awesome. Like, I want to do what she did. So that was as a freshman. But like, I knew I was supposed to be at Ohio State because it was, it was one of those things where it's like, if I'm not here, like the gospel is it, mm. not being proclaimed in this place. You know what wow. I mean? Like, yeah. like, this is my mission, you know, even though I thought a million times about quitting because it was wow. really hard, but I knew like, I'm supposed to be here for whatever reason, I'm supposed to be here. And he taught me so much along the way. You know what I mean? The, yeah. the Lord always has lessons for us. Um, and had I left, like 
I would not have matured. I would not grown. You know what I mean? So it was really good that I did stay. Um, so the whole time I was at Ohio State, I, I had it in the back of my head. Whenever I was a, I believe I was a sophomore, I went to Chicago with some friends and we would just stop into churches and, and pray. Um, and we stopped in this big, beautiful church, Our Lady of the Angels. It's like all marble and it was just gorgeous. And I wasn't praying about my vocation or anything. I was just there with my friends and then we just knelt down for a little bit to pray. It was like a waterfall of grace that just like swept over me. And it was like my heart wanted to like explode. And I knew at that point that he wanted me to be his bride. You know, it was more at that moment, like an invitation from the Lord instead of just like, that's really cool. I want to do what Mother Teresa did. At this point, it was like, it became a love thing with the Lord. You know, it was like, he was inviting me to give my life to him. And I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, so I told my, I told my friend, um, my best friend at the point, and I, I, I was like, I think I'm really going to be a sister. Like, I'm pretty sure that's what the Lord wants. So that was a, as a sophomore. So continuing and continuing with- That was all college. just from a book, right? Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, just having read that book. I've always heard we are what we read. So mm -hmm. it's like very important to read good things, you know? But then as I went through, um, it was always in the back of my mind, in the back of my heart. And, you know, I dated and it was like, I always felt like, I think I'm cheating on the Lord. You know what I mean? It's like, wow. I don't think this is really yeah. like what I'm supposed to be doing, but it's like, everyone does it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was like, I think I should, I should date or whatever. But, but whenever I became a senior and I tore my second ACL, um, praise the Lord, I was able to finish out my season without my ACL. Um, but by the time I finished the season and we lost in the Sweet 16 to Tennessee, um, uh. my other knee that I had torn the ACL in high school was like shot. Like I, I could hardly walk like the next day. Like literally the Lord let me play to the end of my career. And then it was like, that was it, you know? <laughs> it was like, so I was like, okay, well, I've always thought about being a sister. Like I'm pretty sure that's what I'm supposed to do. I guess I could, should start like actually discerning. Cause at that point I had never visited communities. I had never like actually like discern communities because I knew I was supposed to be at Ohio State but now I was a senior I was going to be leaving so I was like okay well I'm just going to visit anywhere people tell me to visit yeah <laughs> so one guy walks up to me after church and he's like have you ever thought about visiting the Dominicans in in in, in, in Ann Arbor and I was like um no but I'll go so <laughs> so I went there for one of their retreats and the way they have it set up is is they have adoration throughout the whole night so you're only there for like 24 hours but it's very intense and it's, it's very beautiful, but they have adoration the whole night. And um, the, the superior at that point said, if you ask the Lord, he is going to tell you what he wants. Stay in adoration until he responds to you. So I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I was discerning what to do the following year. And it was between um, being a, a youth minister or doing a year of service. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do yet or what the Lord wanted me to do. So I was like, okay, Lord, what am I supposed to do? And I just was asking him, you know? So by the end of the night, I knew that I should never be Dominican <laughs> and that I should go to St. Louis and do a year of service. Um, so I ended up going to St. Louis, just taking the year as a discernment year. And again, I was like, I'm going to visit any community that people tell me to visit. So I started visiting a bunch of communities and they call St. Louis the Rome of the West. So it's yeah. like, there's tons of communities. Yeah. You know? um, so I visited our community um, in October, the first time in October. And when I left there, I called my best friend and I was like, you know, it's a really cool place Like, you should think about, about coming here. Wow. <laughs> At this point, she wasn't even Catholic yet. Um, this is the, the girl, yeah, the, the Methodist. Friend that, yeah. yeah. 
Um, but I was like, you know, I think you would really like this. You should start this running too. Kind of avoiding the fact that like, I felt like this is an amazing place, you know? Um, but then as I got home, I lived in an old convent and we were allowed to have the Blessed Sacrament in our house. We were a volunteer group um, and we lived like right next to the parish. Praise sure. the Lord. We had the Blessed Sacrament with us. So every time I got home, I would go into the chapel and, and you know, greet the Lord. Whenever I walked in the chapel and I knelt down, I just knew instantly that's where I'm supposed to be. And it was just like, what, seriously, Lord? <laughs> instead of instead of being like, oh, wow, cool. Like, I know where I'm supposed to be. I was like, seriously? Like, uh, it was, you know, it was like a reverse reaction to what it should have been. Um, so I'm like, okay, well, I'm supposed to be here for a year. I don't have to think about it, you know? It was kind of just like not blowing him off entirely, but like, well, I don't know, you know? So then life went on and... Um, it was around Christmas time and the vocation director of our community wrote me an email and she's like, Hey, do you want to come back and visit? I'm like, yeah, I should do that. <laughs> so that week when I was going to go visit, I visited a Carmelite community and the poor sisters of, of, of poor sisters. Sister yes. The little sisters of the poor. Thank yeah. you. Um, right before going to our community. Whenever I was with the Carmelites, the whole time I was there, I wanted to pray the cross prayer, which is a prayer that we pray with our arms extended in the form of the cross. Mm -hmm. And the verse, um, they, they, look, they shall look upon him whom they have pierced, which is, expresses our spirituality, just kept running through my mind. And I was like, okay, I'm, I need to go to Alton where, where our mother house is. So then I went to visit the Little Sisters of the Poor. And the whole time I was there, I was like, I got to get to Alton. Like, I just, I need to go there, you know, like, I think that's where the Lord really wants me. So the next, so I visited them on Friday and then I went there on, I believe it was Friday, Saturday. So then I went, I went there and when I got to our mother house, like the second I stepped out of the car, I'm like, I'm home, you know? And it was just like a deep, like peace that I had never even encountered before, you know? And the whole time I was talking with um, the, the vocations director, I don't even know what she said. I just kept thinking, I need to ask her to enter. Like I need to ask her, I need to ask her. And finally I did, you know? And then, the next the next fall I ended up entering but it was it was yeah a beautiful experience of the Lord's just love for me and his peace that comes whenever we find his will so yeah and that's amazing and I think that's the point is that you were seeking God's will mm -hmm. and that he was gonna let you know right you know this is yeah. where you're meant to be and and you know how many of us feel lost or feel mm -hmm. you know like we're yeah. not in the right place right you know yeah. and that God's probably talking to us then too right yeah. <laughs> but he wants you to know yeah. you know when you're on the right path so that is so, so beautiful. Um, and so then you went on and you now you have a master's, you know, in theology from St. Franciscan University and mm -hmm. getting ready to head out. You know, you had been in Cuba and now you're getting ready to go to Nebraska mm -hmm. and, and you're just on fire for the Lord and, and ready and willing to, to do anything, right? Yeah, yeah, whatever he wants. What do you, what's your advice? What do you tell, you know, I would say mothers, families, parents, you know, and then, you know, children, how, how do you help foster this? this love um, and this openness and discernment that, that the Lord has for each and every one of us. Yeah. Well, definitely prayer. You know, um, had I not had a prayer life, like had I not spent that time in adoration and I'm not saying everyone needs to go to adoration for three or four hours a day. <laughs> That'd be great. Like the world would be totally different. But, um, but even if you just go for five minutes, it's like to step into the presence of God, <laughs> you cannot leave there the same, you know, like it's literally impossible. Like you're either going to be holier or you're going to be less holy. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's not possible to leave there the same. And if you leave there with the expectation 
of like, I am going to leave here changed, or I'm, I'm going to go with the Lord and just be with him for five minutes, but he's going to heal me. You know what I mean? Like if you have these expectations, like he's going to do it. But if you, if you go through life with no expectations and you're just like, whatever, you know, which sadly a lot of us live that way. Like even myself, a lot of times, like, like I fail to live the reality of my life, you know, in, mm-hmm. in all of us as baptized Catholics, if we're in the state of grace, like the Holy Trinity is dwelling inside of us. Like what kind of power could you want that is greater than that? You know what I mean? Like if we live in the reality of our lives, like that's, yeah, you don't need anything else. But I would suggest it starts with a prayer life because if we're not spending time with the God who dwells inside of us, like we're never going to realize that he dwells inside of us. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, all the distractions that are there that we mm-hmm. think we're going to find our happiness or our purpose or accomplishments, you know, in work Mm -hmm. or in sports or in, you know, maybe even, you know, being a mom, things like that. We put so much into that, Mm -hmm. that we forget, no, we're here also for God and and to serve and to love and that he's got a purpose for you. Would you agree? Oh yeah, totally. totally. Yeah. We get, we get lost in all sorts of things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even, even when you're on the path for God, it's so easy Mm -hmm. to be like, Oh, this is, this is what I'm going to do, you know? And then it's like, yeah smashing in the face to be like no there's somebody right in front of you right yeah that needs you you know yeah. to love and um, yeah how awesome any other message that you would like to share for our listeners um well i would like to say one more time that the truth exists and that you can find the truth and that whenever you live in the truth you also live in peace you know and and the truth is never disappointing i think a lot of times we have a fear that the truth is, is going to demand so much of us, you know, like in Cuba, I know that's, that's a big thing. And it was a big obstacle to evangelizing. Like there's people and they would agree with what I would tell them, you know, like, for example, that, that marriage is the Lord's plan for a man and a woman and that you can't live together before marriage and their marriage practically doesn't exist, sadly. Um, and they would agree with the truth that I was telling them, but they had the fear of what that truth would demand of them. And I think Satan uses fear to prevent us from living in the freedom of truth. You know, and it's like all these lies come in that come with this this fear, like, well, it's gonna cost me this and this, and you know, but we lose fact we lose sight of the fact that the truth sets us free and that when we live according to God's plan for us, it's like that's whenever we're happy, that's whenever we have peace, that's whenever we have joy. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's why the saints were happy, even though they suffered, even though they had to go through all sorts of, of, of what we would call like things that aren't really worth it. You know, like if you don't have to suffer that, why suffer that? You know, yeah. but the saints understood that everything is worth it, you know, and, and, and I guess that would be my message. Like it's worth it to follow Jesus. Like it is worth it to live in the truth. Like, it just is like the joy that comes with it. And yeah, the joy of being his, it's just, it's worth it. That is a great final message. And I think we'll leave with that. Would you mind leading us in prayer? Oh, sure. In the name of the Father, Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all the gifts which you have poured upon us. We thank you for making us your sons and daughters through our holy baptism. We thank you for the gift of your presence with the Son and the Holy Spirit within us. We ask you for the grace to live according to who we are, to live according to who you are, Help us to trust in your goodness, to trust in your plan for us, and to trust that your truth will always set us free. We ask all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.
Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'll just ask all of you to pray for Sister Xavier and the Sisters of St. Francis of the Martyr, St. George. And thank you so much. Come back You're anytime. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to check out victorishealth.com to submit your podcast questions, requests, and to learn more about how we can help you and your family achieve better health, body, and soul.